Today's passage is Leviticus 18, and the start of it would be filed into that category of laws where you're like, why isn't this obvious? Verses 6 through 17 are essentially uh, saying that all of, you shouldn't sleep with your family. That's pretty much it, right? You shouldn't have sexual relations with your family. Now, the question, of course, is why does God have to say this? So we understand that he has to say this because it was happening. It was happening not only in that region, that land that they were going into, but that it was probably as well happening within the people of Israel. We have to understand that in a very tight community, in a very tight-knit community, that certain levels of incest were often unavoidable. We see that with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. One of the things that I think God is showing his people is that that time is over. You're not a small nomadic herdsman um, family anymore. You are now a nation. And in this new existent state, there are some things to keep in mind, one of which is don't sleep with your close relatives. And I think that one of the side um, applications of this is understanding what a relative is, right? Because as much as it's talking about sexual relations, it is also defining what is a close relative. Now, of course, father, mother, sister, daughter, those are pretty obvious. But as well, we see aunts, we see daughter-in-laws, and we see sister-in-laws. Now, I know that some people have experienced this still, but in different cultures, when you were to marry somebody, uh, they wouldn't necessarily become part of your family. And if your sibling married somebody, that, that may not necessarily become a part of your family. But God here is making that explicit. He is saying that through marriage, it becomes family. Um, and it's not just a contractual thing. It actually becomes a covenantal thing. I think that's a great uh, little side note. Um, verse 18 is interesting. You shall not take a woman as a rival wife to her sister while her sister is still alive. That last bit of caveat. Now, that is interesting because one of the patriarchs did this. In fact, the very namesake of these people, Israel, did this with Rachel and Leah. And it's an important thing to keep in mind as um, we also read further on because it would be remiss of me to not point out verse 22. Uh, in today's society that talks a lot about LGBT issues, this is a verse that is hard to get around. Um, it is hard to ignore that you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. But it is important for us to read that verse in context, not to dismiss it, but to understand it. That the same, in the same breath, verse 22 is also verse 18. Verse 18, one of which uh, has <clears throat> talked about um, or points to Jacob himself. Now, what is the response, therefore, of God to Jacob? Is it condemnation? No, it is redemption and it is forgiveness and salvation. And we understand here that in the very last verse of this chapter, verse 30, he sums up all of these things, that the reason they are not to practice these abominable customs is to not make themselves 
unclean, not because it will make them condemned, not because it will make them uh, unlovable or rejected, but it's saying that this isn't the way that God wants them to exist, uh, that it is a state of uncleanliness. And it this goes directly into the next chapter, if you take a quick peek, Leviticus 19, one of my favorite uh, early Bible study um, chapters to talk about the law, because there's a stipulation which is to say, be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. That all of these things are not mandatory requirements in order to be in God's presence. They are the response of understanding that you are in God's presence. It is seeing God and therefore reflecting him in what we were originally created to do, to be his image. And when it comes to uh, sexual relations, it's not merely the physicality that is important, uh, but it is the spiritual reflection of what does that intimate physical relationship What does it reflect about our emotional, spiritual relationship with God and with one another? And do we understand what it means to really be a covenantal family? 